Hey y'all, welcome back to the God-Centered Mom podcast with me, Heather McFadden. This is the place where we remind you through mentorship, friendship, and discipleship that you are not alone. In this episode, number 196, I'm chatting with Bruce, my husband. You're sacrificing the good that God could have for you just so you can save face. And I don't know that that's that's actually following God either. I mean, just like anything, you follow God's will. And there are plenty examples in the Bible of individuals who are going one way and God's like, nope, let's switch this way. And they had to follow his, his guidance and follow him. Yeah, I mean, if we think we have everything figured out, we're wrong. And so if that's the mindset we have, then we have to... We're limited. We can't, we yeah. can't know it all. And why do we need God if we have it all figured out? One thing we've been really learning lately is how limited we are, and if we think we've got this figured out, we're wrong. So, it's been over a year since Bruce has been on the show, and a lot has happened, and I thought, perhaps, I've given hints here or there of things going on, but maybe we should catch y'all up and share with you some different places and things that we've changed our minds about. Things related to Bruce's work, homeschooling, pets, and free you up if you are in a place where you're wanting to make a change but don't know, one, if it's a good idea or if you should just stay where things are, and two, if it's okay to talk about it and just freedom to be able to open up about ways that we have changed our mind. Lots and lots of grace coming your way. Okay, but before we get to our conversation, let me share again this month's sponsor, Prep Dish. I've told you about them, but they are the ones helping me get healthy food on the table for our boys. One of our family values is dinner around the table, which is hard to do when you have karate and sugar and church and all the things. Uh, but on Fridays, Prep Dish sends me the meal plan. So that takes a lot of pressure off me trying to think of healthy things to eat. And then what I do is I go to the grocery store, get the things. They give you a grocery list. It's basically like a three-page PDF that they send you. It tells you what to buy, how to prep it, and how to cook it. And so this week I went to Costco and got the meat and like the bigger items that we needed and then went to Trader Joe's with my boys and got the like veggies and even got like a kale apricot slaw kind of salad to go along with the apricot chicken that I knew was on the meal plan that Preptish had sent me. So if you want to check it out for your family, go to preptish.com forward slash GCM, lowercase. And if you're like, oh, I don't think my kids will eat healthy food. Okay, well, just give it a try. Give it a try for two weeks. Eat healthy food yourself, maybe. Uh, March can be the new January. I'm amazed. I've been serving salads to my boys for 10 years, and it's only been in the last couple months that they're now fighting over the salad. Like I'm not, I don't have enough. And it's shocking to me. How are my boys finally eating salad? Uh, So hang in there, moms. All right, let's get to my chat with Bruce, my hubby, celebrating 19 years of marriage on March 6th. Unbelievable. It's a good thing. Let's get to it. Here we go. Boom, baby. We're back. This is the resurrection of us. Oh, <laughs> uh, welcome back, Bruce. So I was looking at the last time we were on. We did two episodes together in 2016, but zero episodes together in 2017. Well, this is my third episode, which <laughs> makes me the Justin Timberlake of the God-Centered Mom podcast. <laughs> kind of like SNL. You know, you they bring him back because he's a good entertainer. It's the same with you. Yeah. I'm just sorry I neglected you all of 2017 on the podcast. Well, I, I should apologize to your listeners. <laughs> uh, we did have a big year. And we were looking. We're like, oh, my gosh, that last episode that we did together, This Is Us, uh, 
released the week that my dad turned jaundice. Crazy. And had, we had no idea when we recorded it what was about to go down and all that our year would entail. It's a lot. And I feel like it's a good background for today's conversation. Yeah. So maybe we should highlight just real quick if there's new listeners. They may not know what happened last year. Yeah. Uh, November, my parents move in with us. November 16. Because my mom was diagnosed with breast cancer. She ends up starting treatment at the beginning of December. And two weeks into her treatment, my dad turns jaundice. Uh, then fast forward three, three, four weeks later, and he passes away. And so then full responsibility of taking care of my mom lands on our shoulders. And um, she lived with us uh, for over a year getting her treatment. Or I guess she threw, yeah, almost a year. And uh, did chemo for six months and then surgery last summer and then radiation this past fall. And she moved out after Thanksgiving. And here we are. Here we are. Boom. This episode is going to release right before, guess what? What anniversary is it? Do the math real quick. No pressure. 19. 19 years. Wow. 19 years, Bruce. And how old are you when we met? When we met, I was 19. There you go. Look at that. Half my life. did there? You did that. (laughs) Half my life, I've been married to you. And uh, so... One topic that's come up in our life in the last few months, you've also been using at your work because since our last interview as well, you've taken on a different job. Yep. You were doing like strength finders, consulting, CFO, fractional work, which means basically being a CFO at lots of different companies. And so now you're, what are you? What do you do? Do a pitch for your company. All right. Well, <laughs> I am chief operating officer of a company called Door. Doorhomes.com is Dot the website. Is the website. And we are um, the residential real estate space with a technology-centered offering. When you use those multisyllabic words, I think it just sounds fancy. But basically, basically, you're real estate agents who offer great service at a fixed fee. There you go. Disruptor. Disruptor. All the real estate agents listening, don't throw tomatoes at your earbuds and your iPhones. (laughs) Well, but there's one similarity with everything that I've done, in particular the last nine years, has been earlier stage high growth businesses. Earlier stage. So they're just starting off. High growth means they're adding employees rapidly. What other words did you say? Early stage high. Well, and I, I would add technology to that as well. I think okay. generally they're technology focused. And so they're all environments of fast growth and high change. Fast growth and high change. And so one thing that you've started saying is. Well, I've actually been saying it for a long time. Oh, sorry. I just clued Well, in. I say, well, I, I probably <laughs> started saying it at home more often. But when you're in a high growth environment, um, you have to try lots of things. And you also have to be willing to, um, to, to realize when you're wrong. And, you know, I'll, I'll use an example. Somebody shared a long time ago with me, um, America online AOL back when they were a relevant dynamic business in the late nineties, <laughs> cause obviously they're long gone, but and nobody, nobody has an email address at AOL.com. If right. you do guys, God center mom at AOL. No, nope, don't, don't go don't, to that. Don't go. Don't, don't that use doesn't it. doesn't exist. But what they, they actually had an award and it was called the fast fail award. 
Fast um, fail. Okay, tell me about that. So the fast fail word, basically what it meant was if you had a project that you were, um, obviously they were creating lots of um, new businesses. And if they somebody had a project that they realized was not going to work and they shut it down, they actually potentially could win this award for the fast fail award. And it was a respected award. It wasn't something you wanted to win all the time, but it basically recognized and it wanted to reward people who said, look, we tried something and we took a risk and it didn't work. And we're going to shut it off rather than try to keep it going. I think it goes with what I was reading in Brene Brown staring greatly. It's like sometimes there's so much fear of failure or fear of shame because of failure that we don't take risks. We aren't vulnerable. We don't step out there into the ring because of what other people might say or do or the response we're going to get at work. And if you've created an environment that it's okay to take a risk and for it to not work out. I think that's what you've, they've created. Yeah. That, is, that is exactly right. So the, the, the mantra really since then, I think I probably learned about this eight or nine years ago, um, my first early stage company I was involved with is we started just saying, feel fast and feel fast could be a, a project we're working. It could be a product. It could be an employee. It could be realized that we hired somebody and you know what? It's just not working out. You know, we're better off um, feeling fast rather than trying to continue pushing forward. And you also say something else. Well, so that leads to what has become one of my um, mantra mantras, personal <laughs> cliches. I don't know, and it is I always reserve the right to change my mind. Yeah. So to use, I know we talked about Strengths Finder in previous Episode. podcasts, but um, I'm an activator, and um, anybody fellow activators on the podcast, um, it just means I I like to go quickly and. Activators, when they hear something or they have an idea, they just want to go immediately into it. And they don't really think through all the ramifications of that decision. And, you know, by using it was really a lot of the exploration through Strengths Finder made me realize when you really begin to accept like who I am, like, well, how am I gifted? Um, when you really begin to accept that, you begin to kind of realize the good and the bad that come with it and just embrace it and own it. And one of the things I had to embrace and own as far as the activator was I do make fast decisions. Um, but I also probably make more wrong decisions than most people. I'm going to make more mistakes. And I just had to accept that. Like, I'm going to make some bad calls, but I'm also going to get a lot of things going and actually move some good things along as quickly as possible. So what I, I was working at that time with somebody who was very um, black and white was, to use strengths finder terminology, they were very deliberative, which is somebody who wants to think through every single way a decision can go wrong before they make a decision. And a high deliberative person they very rarely, they very rarely make wrong mistakes. When they make, they don't make mistakes. Yeah, I mean, they they they, they don't they don't. Or make they mistakes. know they've already thought through this could happen, but it's measured, like it's a measured risk. They're ready to take on that risk if it happens, but they've thought through all the scenarios. They thought through all the scenarios, and so they don't make a lot of bad choices, but they can be very slow to getting to choices. And when yeah. you're with an early stage business, oftentimes you have to try and throw away or try and adjust. And so I began probably seven or eight years ago to use the mantra, especially within business, was I always reserve the right to change my mind. I'm Wait, always let's say it. Let's say it again. I always reserve the right to change my mind. Right. That's freeing. Yeah. And what it does is it, it's, it's a I don't think I did it for the humility reasons, but there's a lot of humility <laughs> that comes out of it. I don't think I did it for the famous last words. Well, I mean I think I don't think I did it like to to try to, you know, save myself. I think I, I, I simply did it because I realized that I'm going to try things and I'm going to make some wrong decisions. And, and I needed people to know that 
what I'm telling them is subject to change. It's subject to change as I learn more and try things. And and, and I think it, it suits me really, really well in earlier stage businesses. It's good. And it's for, been freeing for me as we've uh, done some course adjustments this last, whatever, couple months. Um, last spring, as we were re-signing up for schools, we felt led to homeschool our going into fourth grade-er. And to go along with that, we were like, well, let's throw in our second grader too. Those are two grades at our school that I feel somewhat able to <laughs> copy what the school's doing. Not that I'm doing it perfectly, but it, the there seem to be peaks on first, third, fifth, seventh, and not second and fourth grade. Anyway, so we're like, oh, that might be doable. Our fourth had asked to homeschool. Or our second child who's going into fourth grade had asked to homeschool. So we're like, well, maybe we'll do that. We'll give that a shot. And uh, God just kind of lined it up. He just kept reaffirming that that was the right decision. Um, it wasn't a mo- money reason. He reaffirmed that that wasn't the reason. He reaffirmed that it was going to be doable and that he provided a gal who used to teach at our private school who um, created all the lesson plans for me for all the different uh, subjects. So that's been huge. They provide. He provided a uh, former teacher who was leaving the school to have a baby. And so she was looking for a little extra income and something to do. And anyway, he just kept reaffirming, this is what we're supposed to get. This is what we're supposed to do. So fall comes around and I didn't know my mom would still be living with us in the fall. I was not imagining homeschooling with my mom around. And yet here I was. And so um, the reasons why I think it was the right decision, uh, the flexible schedule, I wasn't having to pick up a second grader at noon pickup. That's when our school gets out. I wasn't uh, able to help my mom go to her radiation appointments, which I didn't know when we made the decision that would happen. And it was just a good distraction for all that the year had been to put energy into that. So I didn't lose my ever loving mind. That doesn't make sense, but that was just um, more and more. God made that made me aware of that. But then like come November, was it? Yeah, I think that's right. I think it's maybe even before that, maybe end of October. Uh, our second grader, he had been doing soccer with his friends, but then we hadn't signed him up for any other sport. And he started mentioning that he really missed his friends and he wanted to go back. And I was like, you know what? If that's the case, you know, let's do that. And, but for there was a one of our Saturday morning walks, Bruce and I take walks Saturday mornings. I was saying, you know, I feel like I failed if we switch. I feel like it's like telling people that I wasn't good enough, I couldn't do it well enough, and you advised me that that wasn't true. Yeah, I think if we, in in, in any context of life, whether it's work or home or with friends, if we can't be willing to change our view as we have more information, um, then there's nothing more stuck than that. Um, Mm -hmm. Then it's going to lead to all sorts of other awkward or ineffective decisions that lead on top of that. And it may be coming increasingly obvious to somebody else, maybe your spouse or maybe a friend or family member or something like that. That's like if you're trying to cover up a decision 
And honestly, I think we made the right decision to have him home for the yeah, fall, but no it question. seemed like the right decision to send him back. And then the school was so great about it. And it turned out that because it had been less than a year, we didn't have to re-enroll as a new student. So it was easier. Um, they made it really easy to get him back in. He was in a perfect class. I love his teacher. He has sweet classmates. It's been it's been great. It's been great. He's doing really well with it. Um, definitely confirmation there for sure. Yeah, but what we can't let drive decisions is fear on telling somebody else that our decision yeah. has changed. Yeah, and I haven't really shared on Instagram or told that many people. I mean, I told the people closest to us, of course. They all know. But it just felt weird to be, like, announcing, and now he's going back to school and having to, like, explain all the things. That's yeah. what I think. I don't know. I feel confident in the decision. I feel like it was the right thing. I've seen God's hand in it, but it's having to explain it all that makes me, I don't know, question. Well, it doesn't leave, it doesn't leave room for growth. If you what? If you aren't willing to change. Right, 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 right. Right, right. Yeah, so that's my first example of I reserve the right to change my mind. Now let's talk about the dog. Ah! Yes. Yes, the dog. Okay, we have to go back to go forward. So we have to go back to one of our first episodes we did, Goals and Roles and Superpowers. Okay. Goals, Roles, uh, and Superpowers. Yes. And how you had set up three years ago, two years ago. We realized the boys weren't really doing a lot around the house. And then we realized it's because we don't really give them a plan. We're just kind of haphazardly saying, do this, do that. And then... They're frustrated and we're frustrated. And so you said, well, let's let's set up goals for them and roles in the house. And so each boy had a role of what they were, you know, what was expected of them to do uh, as part of being in the family. And then they would show responsibility so they could get what? A dog. (laughs) A dog. And this is, I mean, this is a year and a half of the making, I think. Yeah. So they were working for a year and a half and they thought they were getting a dog for Christmas. A year prior. The year that my parents showed up. Right. So when that all went down, we were like, sorry, dudes, no dog for until this blows over or whatever, until we're done with this. This is taking up all of our attention. But anyway, we, you know, I started doing some research because I was like, well, my mom is going to be moving out. We can start looking towards. And with the boys home, I'm like, I'm home all the time anyway. This is a good time to train a dog. It all was making sense logically. It all lined up. And so I found a breeder near us and lots of good recommendations and still believe they're a really good breeder Um, and uh, got on a wait list, was thinking we'd get a dog in April after spring break and, you know, heading into the summer and we're driving to your parents for Christmas. It's like the Saturday before Christmas and I get a phone call from the breeder that someone's dropped out of a litter. And it just seemed again like, oh, my goodness, God's just making this all work out. I think you were weepy. I was, like, excited, and it felt surreal. It was, like, exactly the kind of dog we wanted. You couldn't stop thinking about it. I couldn't stop thinking the whole Christmas. And again, well, I'll get to that why in a second. But the mom's name uh, was Indy, which I'm from Indianapolis, so I was like, this is meant to be. She had red hair. I had this dream one night that we're supposed to call her Lucy, which is one of my girl names. She was a girl. Um, we were able to tell the boys Christmas morning, which they had no clue. They thought they weren't getting a dog till April, that we would be picking up this dog the Saturday after Christmas. And so all week I was ordering stuff on Amazon, 
getting all ready. It felt so right. It felt so right. And we pick her up. She's cute. Super cute dog. Super cute. Super energetic. And, uh, yeah, I went into fight or flight mode. Yeah. Well, she was a very energetic dog. Um, and really, if anything, you know, with a home with six people and four kids, four boys between, you know, now six and 12, the energy level is very high. So Mm -hmm. if you put yet another high energy, um, living creature in the mix, (laughs) it, 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 it doesn't, you know, I mean, I think obviously there's a lot of people with kids that would listen to this podcast. Obviously, I think everybody would agree that that just adds more chaos and it did. It did. And our boys were kind of looking forward to like calm, sweet, cuddle kind of dog. And she wasn't really interested in that. And she was really struggling with wanting to dominate our youngest kiddos and biting them and growling at them. Not because she was a bad dog. She was just, that was her personality. She wanted to be dominant. And so she'd listen to me and she was very trainable, very smart. Uh, Just wasn't really working out. And the, the breeder admitted that it wasn't a match and and so, a month after basically fostering her... We learned the word rehome. Which, which is a great word. You were like, really? That's the word? I that said, is, yeah. That's a marketing genius came up with the term rehome. <laughs> it does make you feel better. Yeah. And the family she's living with now has like an acre and had an older dog that could kind of show her that she's not the boss. And it just is better. She's going to be happier... I am definitely happier. I just, I had it. It was stressing you out. Like I could not do it. I, I think because I wasn't in a whole healthy place, you know, my mom left at Thanksgiving. So I basically had between Thanksgiving and Christmas, and that's, you all know, all you moms know, between Thanksgiving and Christmas is the most chaotic time of the year. So I'm not recovering really then. I did stay up late and watch Christmas movies, but that was like not enough time to recover from all that's happened the year before. And then we literally got her that I, I didn't, I came home to all of our suitcases from Christmas. Yeah. All of the junk from Christmas, still decorations from Christmas, the chaos, y'all know the post Christmas chaos and a puppy that I've never trained a puppy. And she was an escape artist. Mm-hmm. We had this like, we had to keep replacing the fence that I got for her that they told me to get, she scaled and jumped out of it two in the morning. When I mean, she just it was not it was not working out very well. So anyway, we rehomed her, and again, do I share on Facebook? I did or Instagram. I did kind of, but it's like you just feel dumb. Like I reserve the right to change my mind and not have to explain it to you, but it but feels like I need Every single person a, you would talk to would want to hear the story. Again they wouldn't, and and, again yeah, and they again. wouldn't know the whole story. And so what's interesting about that is yeah, people's. People are trying to look for, I think what I found is people want to know the should. I have, every time I talk to a mom, they're like, well, I know I shouldn't X, Y, and Z with my kids, or I know I should X, Y, and Z with my kids. And they're feeling this pressure to get it all right. And so then when they hear a story that doesn't turn out or like you changed your mind or they're trying to analyze like the rightness of it and the should of it and all this jazz. Anyway, so I'm hoping in sharing these two examples It gives freedom in whatever parenting choice or family life decision or work scenario. Or maybe maybe you've decided to go back to work and it's not working out. And so maybe you're going to stay at home. Maybe you've chosen to stay home and it's not working out. 
and you want to go back to work. Like to give you the freedom that it's okay if you made that big decision, you posted it all over Instagram, everybody knows, like it's okay to change your mind. But it's also okay to give grace to others who change their mind. Yeah, right. Yeah. Don't I mean, it's not just somebody. about us changing our mind, but it's allowing other people to change yeah. their mind. If we could have that culture of, you know what, fail fast, it's okay. Uh, change your mind, it's okay. Yeah, I mean, there's core things that we're committed to, obviously. Right. Although I have told a lot of people I'm not very loyal to products. You're not? No. Like in MLMs, multi-level marketing. I'm like quick to sign up and then I'm like, yeah, well, I'm over that. So I guess, am I just not? This is not your thing. I'm just a terrible person. (laughs) (laughs) Don't call me with your MLM. I'll say yes and then I'll drop you like a. Yeah, Heather's not a, she's not a great person to have in your downline. (laughs) Don't do it. (laughs) She is not. I'm not your person. No, I, I, uh, I hope it gives freedom. And another big announcement is that in the next month or so, I'm going to be working on a new site. Yes. Because the site I currently have, my friend Ted from college, amazingly designed five years ago, maybe six years ago, before, no, five years ago, before I had a podcast. There was the blog. It was just a blog and I didn't have any podcasts. So we're going to make it more podcast friendly, add some few things. And I may even reserve the right to change my mind about what I call the podcast. Uh, oh! Spoiler alert. Spoiler. spoiler. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, keep keep everybody guessing. Keep everybody guessing. Yeah. What other things have we uh, changed our mind on in our lives? Well, I think I, I change my mind every day. And, and I think... <laughs> oh, not every, about me, though. Every well, 19 I, years of marriage. You're, you're... I, I think this part of it is, is just recognizing that everybody's going to do this differently. Like I'm probably on the extreme side of changing my mind because you're not risk averse. Yeah. You're you're okay with some risk. You're okay with cleaning up messes. Yeah. So actually I, uh, a few years ago, I I wrecked my car after dropping the uh, kids off at school. Fortunately, the kids weren't in the car. And, um, did we talk about this before in a podcast? I don't know. Did I? I don't know. You can say it. All right. Well, I'll go fast then. No, 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 no. I mean, we have a lot of new new listeners since last year. But but I say this because this this actually ties in. It's a little bit different side of the same thing. But I uh, the the car was all smashed up. The front was smashed completely in. But for whatever reason, the car would turn on and drive, and it must have looked ridiculous because it wasn't like a little bit. I mean, the whole the whole whole front of the car was was smashed in. in. Yeah. But the car dealership was like three miles away, and I was like, oh, this will save a lot of time if I just drive. And it drove, and I drove to the dealership. And so I dropped off the, the kids at like, you know, 7.55 or so, and um, I was at the And dealership. you got in the accident after that. R- immediately, within, like less than a mile away from the school. Drove to the dealership by 8.30. I was at the Enterprise counter. You were getting your rental car. At the, Getting the rental car at the body shop. And the, the lady at the Enterprise said... So what time did the accident occur? And I said, oh, 7.55. And she said, 7.55 p.m. I said, no, 7.55 a.m. And she looks at her watch and she's like, 35 minutes ago? And I said, yeah. And she said, this is easily the fastest I've ever had from wreck to rental car counter. <laughs> and I said, well, I said, I make a lot of mistakes. I make more mistakes than most people, but I've learned how to clean them up. Mm-hmm. So all of that ties in with all of this of saying, for me, 
I've gone the extreme of just recognizing I'm going to make a lot of mistakes. I'm going to let you tell everybody I'm going to make mistakes and I'm going to change my mind. Now, yeah. other people, I'm sure imagine, especially people who maybe, maybe in their life they haven't had the permission to make mistakes. That's what I was just going to think about. And I think that's where we did an episode. This is your fourth time. Fourth time. You came on and talked about doing missions with your family. Okay. Like in the teens okay. of my episodes. Back when I was like, I'm going to interview all of my family. Um, and you talked about your parents creating a culture at home where it was okay to make mistakes. You weren't shamed yeah. when you made a mistake. And you were actually encouraged to make it right immediately. And we told the story of you wrecking your dad's car, backing out of the driveway, and how you were like, I'm never driving again because you didn't have a license yet. You just would go up and down the driveway really fast or move the car to play basketball. And your dad said, nope, I want you to get in the car. Yeah, the next day. And move it. And, and I was 13. Yeah. And I think that is really important for us as parents who are listening, not only for ourselves to be okay if we reserve the right to change our mind, not only with our friends to give them the grace to do that, but with our kids. Right. So if we don't allow our kids to make mistakes, they're going to start lying to us. Yeah. We had this conversation at Mops I spoke at. She said someone in their family spilled milk. And her son who'd done it lied that he'd done it. And she got super mad, not because he spilled the milk, but because he lied. And I said, you know what? If a child's lying, oftentimes it's not necessarily a character flaw. It's they're a child who cares a lot what people think. And they would rather lie than you know that they actually made a mistake. So sometimes as parents, we can get so hot and bothered about the lying. Like, I can't believe you lied. That's so bad. But like. They're really don't, it's not, it's not as big a deal to them. They're just mainly trying to avoid a consequence. So we have to evaluate how are we responding to mistakes. So last night we had a glass break. And to me, I get all worked up because I don't want glass going on people's feet. Well, you, and you weren't worked up at all about the glass breaking. You were worried. I was worried about the cleaning up. I think the kids kept wanting to talk about who broke the glass. And I was like, I don't care. I just want you to know how to manage this afterwards. And I think that's the key. I don't care about the glass. I don't care about, I care about like people actually getting injured to the point that this is like permanent, you know, or, or the expense or the, the ER visits. I don't like ER visits so much. No, me neither. You know, so how do we create that environment? Well, I think first is rec, you know, recognizing that and acknowledging with our kids that we're going to change our mind and we're going to make mistakes. But I even still, like, I mean, I think we talk about changing our mind and making our mistakes with our kids and still they, they don't want to make mistakes and change your mind. So I think s some of that is just the nature, right? Obviously, Human as people, nature, yeah. you know, we're, we're, well, you think of a school system, you make a mistake. It's a big red circle. You make a mistake, you get, you know, five minutes out of recess. It's like our whole, you make a mistake when you drive, you get a ticket. I mean, there are like big consequences for the bigger the mistake, the bigger the consequence. But yeah. within a home environment, if it's not like a life or death or like, uh, I don't know. Well, be much more about just training them, not about avoiding mistakes, but about... How do they handle when a mistake is made? How does God handle our mistakes? That's the question. 
Yeah, he wants to forgive when we acknowledge. He already has, right? Right. He already knows all of the sin we're going to commit and has already forgiven him. He cares more about us coming to him, that relationship. He knows we're going to mess up. It's not a surprise to him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So how do we install that in our kids? Having these conversations. I think having the conversation of uh, even modeling in our own life choices with the dog or with school or, or uh, I've heard it at the end of the day at dinner time talking about, you know what, guys, I made this mistake. I hired this guy and it didn't work out had to fire him or, um, oh man, I sent out this email and I made this mistake, you know, letting them in on our failures. And acknowledging and giving positive feedback when they just on their own happen to bring up, even if it's not a big item, Hey, you know, this didn't work out here's what I did. Or however a kid would say it of a different age and acknowledging that and speaking into their thought process around that. And their acknowledgement of, of the mistake and different direction that they took or how they handle it differently. Yeah. And we're um, not talking about like you sign up for soccer and your kids three games in. They're like, I don't want to play anymore. I changed my mind. Yeah, that's different. Commit. Yeah. That's when commitment. you make a commitment. But yeah. so like with the puppy, do we make a commitment? That we broke? <laughs> I remember Knox came up to me. And he goes, I'm so glad I'm not a puppy. <laughs> Remember this? I don't know if I if I heard that. And I said, "Why?" And he goes, "Well, if if I'm bad, you're going to give me away." Sad. Well, I remember one thing about the puppy that really stuck with you was when I think you you not you maybe realized that this puppy that we'd had for two weeks was like a fifteen year puppy. Oh, you said this is what hit me because I was like, oh, we shouldn't give, you know, we shouldn't rehome the puppy. We should just push through. Maybe it's me. I'm the problem. I need to change. Like I kept questioning, like I need to, I need to man up, <laughs> whatever the word is. And, uh, and you said, you know, puppies can live for like 15 years and you're, you could have grandkids in 15 years. And I was thinking, oh my goodness, I'm going to spend the next 15 years miserable, angry, worried about this puppy and miss my kid's childhood. Mm. That's what it felt like. Like I was, by saying yes to the puppy, I was saying no to my kids. And Mm. even though it seems like, oh, the puppy's for the kids. It was like not, I was not being the best parent I could be. I was yelling more. I was mad all the time. I was frustrated and stressed. And then I read a Bible verse that was talking about what parent gives their best food to their dog and their crumbs to their kids or something Mm, like that. Yeah. I was like, everyone knows that you give the crumbs to the dog. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm totally giving my best to this puppy. She's getting like the best, like the morning, like I'm not even getting my quiet time with God. I'm immediately getting up and having to take her out to go to the bathroom. I'm focused on her potty training more than I'm like, oh my, listening to my kids show me their Lego creation. She's definitely getting more than my kids are. They're getting the crumbs. She's getting the best. Anyway, yeah, there's commitments, of course, that we try to keep. It is a fine line. I mean, it's a, bit... it's, it's a fine line between a commitment we made and unhoming a dog. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you know, your marriage. Yeah. Obviously, your kids. You were talking about the difference in a company 
when you got rid of two people. Mm-hmm. I said, well, you can't do that in our family. <laughs> you can't get rid of two people in the family and change the dynamics. It's not like that's, there are certain parts that we have to push through. It's not like you can say, well, this is hard. So I'm going to get out of this and change my mind. It's more just like reserving our right to change our mind, change directions for the health and the benefit of everyone. So actually um, a story that came up this week, um, their friends who saw Wednesday evening, um, they had actually left. He had left a job he had been at for 11 years and take, took another job. And while like his first week there, all of a sudden his dream job popped up, something that for whatever reason had never come to him while he was looking, while yeah. he was looking and he'd been looking for a year or two before he'd, he'd left his prior job. And, um, and he, he just, he was so torn about it. And finally he said, I've got to leave. And so he left on his three week, his three, he'd been there three weeks. And his he left. new job, three his, weeks. Yeah. And to go to the other job. And, you know, and it was interesting when he talked to the person that he was working for, for the three week period, the guy listened to him and said, look, you know, we've only known you a short period of time and we really like you a lot. But as we've, as I now know you and how hear about wired, what this yeah. new job is going to be. Yeah, yeah. He said, I think you're making the right decision. You know, we're going to miss yeah. you, but you know, making the right decision, but that's another perfect example where he could have easily stuck with it and mm. missed his dream opportunity. Right. Um, yeah. So to some extent you just have to use the, the, make the best information, take the best. Yeah. I mean, make the best decision with the best information you have available. Well, I loved, oh, we t- I haven't talked about greatest shaman cause I love it. You have not? We uh, No, we wow. love it with the entrepreneurial spirit in our home. Love it. And uh, he starts this museum and thinks he's nailed it. And his kids come in and his wife come in and they're like, uh, nope. There's just dead things in here. You need more living things. And he was wise enough to change his mind and realize that's not it. I need more interesting living, breathing acts and people so i thought that was good of him to recognize he needed to change his mind but then he just kept changing his mind and kept pursuing the wrong things so that's where we need like wise people in our life to say you've gone too far you know sounding boards uh yeah i mean community spouses there there's a fine and this is a fine line it's because it's very easy to all of a sudden have no no reference point at all and you're just yeah. fluid and you're completely unpredictable and unstructured and that's not at all what we're referring to here no. um but i think the opposite is equally not what we should be solving no. for which is stagnant you know, stagnant miserable. and we're 20 years old we feel like we got the world figured out and that all of a sudden everything has to follow this lens that we had at one point in time you sacrifice what are you sacrificing yeah. just so you save face you know yeah you're sacrificing the good that god could have for you just so you can save face. And I don't yeah. know that that's, that's actually following God either. I mean, just like anything, you follow God's will. And there are plenty examples in the Bible of individuals who are going one way and God's like, nope, let's switch this way. And they had to follow his his guidance and follow him. Yeah. I mean, if we think we have everything figured out, we're wrong. And so if yeah. that's the mindset we have, then we have to. We're limited. We can't. We yeah. can't know it all. And why do we need God if we have it all figured out? So, yep. um, you know, I, it was interesting. There was a, it makes me think of this quote and I can't remember where I heard it, but it was something along the lines of God can't use you if you're not moving. <laughs> he can't move. He can't use a parked car. That's like the classic. Yeah. People say that. 
But then people say, I think it was the guy that did Jelly Telly. Um, I lost his name right now. Phil Vischer? Phil Vischer. He said, I always heard God can't use a parked car. So he just kept going and blowing and doing his own thing, but he was never consulting God. Mm. So I think it's a fine line. Again, it's a balance of, um, of uh, in all of these things. You can't swing too far any, any which way. Well, thank you, Bruce, for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. I look forward to being here again in the future. <laughs> Hopefully it'll be sooner rather than later. Thank you. I love you very much. Love you too. All right. Bye, y'all. Now, obviously, Bruce and my conversation is not an end-all, be-all guide for when to change your mind and when not to change your mind. This was more of just us sharing a little bit of our life with you and our thought process and providing some freedom if you are in a place and feeling the nudge by God to change something. And it's okay. It's okay to do that. And to trust him that whatever you were doing for a certain period of time was for his purpose and to trust him that he has something else for you. And like we said many times, that a commitment is a commitment. And uh, when God makes a promise, he keeps a promise. He never um, is going to go back on a promise or a covenant that uh, he is true to his word. So uh, I just want to clarify that. I also wanted to share something with you. If you're struggling in your marriage or you are longing to fight for connection, one of my favorite things is sharing great resources with y'all. And I found out through the lovely people over with Paul David Tripp, you guys remember him coming on the show and talking about parenting. Well, he's also a licensed counselor and um, he has a marriage webinar that he did that now you can watch the replay, kind of like with a parenting one. You go to marriage.paultrip.com and he has four sessions that you can watch all the way up to the 31st of March, 2018. So you got to get on it. It's real quick. They just, they just let me know. And we wanted to make sure with last week's episode about marriage and infidelity, and then this week's episode that we shared the love with y'all, um, In these sessions, you're going to learn about how to manage expectations, the difference between attraction and love, how to experience a beautiful marriage through the practice of confession and forgiveness. Because you remember in that episode I did with Cheryl and Jay on infidelity, like it is a huge part. We are sinners married to sinners. We need to give ourselves the grace and forgive each other, but also freedom to confess when we have when we have made a mistake and sinned against our spouse. So check that out. Go to marriage.paultrip.com. And as special listeners, you get a discount if you use the code GODCENTERED. Don't forget, GODCENTERED, and you get a discount. So only till March 31st. Um, probably not going to share again on the podcast, but uh, tell your friends, tell your small group, tell all your people, tell your little podcast club. And thank you, lastly, for supporting the show by purchasing your Don't Mom Alone tees and sweatshirts over at SweetTeesShop.com. Y'all are the best. And thanks to the gopher who saw his shadow, you've had extra time to wear your nice cozy sweatshirts. And then you'll have your super comfy tees ready when spring and summer finally do get here. In addition to those really cool Don't Mom Alone shirts, I have a new product to share with you that I'll share on Instagram and Facebook this week. The Porter Box has created two necklaces for our community. One is a circle 
pendant that says don't mom alone and hand lettering with a cute little like leaf three leaves on a little I don't know how to describe it like metal accessory on the necklace I'm so bad at it's so bad at describing jewelry. This shit this is not my job. Uh, and then another square pendant that has the Zephaniah 317 verse that you're going to hear in a second. But I will share the links to all that in the um, in a post on Instagram and Facebook this week. Make sure you keep an eye out for that. Okay, y'all. Thanks for listening. Thank you for sticking with me. Y'all are the best ever. You share with your friends and they share with their friends and moms are being encouraged and they're reminded that they're not alone in this. God is with them. Their friends are with them. Their mentors are giving them perspective and wisdom. It's all good stuff. Okay, we'll talk soon. Adios. Bye. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the God-Centered Mom podcast. If you're looking for more resources on how to replace me with he, go to GodCenteredMom.com. That's where you'll also find show notes with any links mentioned by our guest. I want you to really understand and know that God is just as present while you are washing dishes at your kitchen sink as while you are worshiping him in a church pew. He sees your service to your family and he is pleased. As it says in Zephaniah 317, The Lord your God is with you. He is mighty to save. He takes great delight in you. He will quiet you with his love and he will rejoice over you with singing. Have a great day.